Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week. This week in Geek. This week in Geek, we kick off the new year with old films, Nintendo Switch news, and a new anime season. Hello. Hello. I choked on my own mouth. That was weird. <clears throat> hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of This Week in Geek. This is the first episode of the year. Um, do, How many years has it been? Oh, uh, a, a bit, I guess. I, I actually... In, in tw- 2019, right? Not 2018, 2019? Or was it 2018? So. Oh, my God. It's been a while. I don't... I think second year of the league, right? That would that would be twenty eighteen. Oh my god! I think, geez, we we'll backtrack this. We'll, we'll I find don't out. Even, uh, yeah, I feel I feel old, Kevin. I just made <laughs> us feel old. Oh it my happens. god! It's twenty twenty four, and we're back. Oh my god, we're old. <laughs> How have you been, Kevin? I know you took a trip around uh, into the, the Southland of California. How's that been? Or how was that? You're you're back now, obviously. Uh, yeah. Um, what was it? I went down to L.A. for a couple of days. That was uh, what that that was. La- it feels like it was last week. Was that last week? It was last. We week. can't even keep track um, of time anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's been like three weeks since we've been on the air. Like since we've been on the podcast, right? Like the last time we yeah. recorded was like the nineteenth. So yeah, it was the week before. We're Christmas. like, yeah. So we're like completely lost in the void we we know it's 2024 we don't know what day um but yeah i went to disneyland for uh three days three almost four days um yeah we we left on tuesday uh on the on the second but at like 4 (laughs) a.m and then we got we got to disneyland at like 10 uh and then we we did California Adventure on day one, and then we did two days of Disneyland, uh, and then we drove home on Friday. So was that enough uh, time? It to... felt like enough to do everything, just because like the way how my family like breaks up the time and the and the day is really quick. Um, so like the best way how I could describe it is like, uh, when most people go to Disneyland, like they spend like three days total, um. They go one side and then they go to the other side and then they go back to the the first side once, right? Uh-huh. Um, but what we did is because we got into the park like on the first day, we pretty much rode everything that we needed to, and then we took a nap in the middle of the day. And this is this is the tech. If anybody knows about the Disneyland tech, you want to sleep at around like you want to you want to get back to the hotel around like three thirty. Take a nap, wake up at like five thirty or six, get dinner early, and the second that all the kids go to sleep after the fireworks is when the actual Disneyland starts. Hmm. Like 
it, it, it's it's a play so you could even delay it even early like later if you want to like go to go back at like five and then like wake up eat and then go to the park again you can do that but yeah for us disneyland didn't really start until like 9 30 um which is nice because that means all the kids and all the adults who have kids have to leave and then every ride is like half an hour like <laughs> what time does it close uh so california adventure closes at 10 uh we we didn't get to do as much as we like wanted well we did everything that we could in in california adventure um the radiator springs racers we waited like an hour and a half in line for that um i could go into the the genie plus bullshit i i don't know if this is i don't i don't want to i don't want disneyland to like kick me out before <laughs> this but like it's borderline like early access pay to win yeah like that's what i've heard it, it is it, like you you pay 20 bucks to have access to the fast passes that used to be free right mm -hmm. so you have to pay 20 bucks to get fast passes and then on top of that like some rides that are like premium rides that they don't like there's like i think it's just rise of the resistance and radiator springs racers like you have to pay per time you want to ride that and Ew. i'm like yeah no that's not happening like so they just microtransactioned um, it yeah essentially and it it's bad like you go in there and you're just like what the hell am i doing with this like with with this in general right it's just it's just bad um and yeah, there there were moments where I was waiting in line in like the standby line and it wouldn't move for like half an hour. It would be like, oh, yeah, the, the wait time is like 45 minutes. And we're like, OK, 45 minutes. We can wait 45 minutes. And then we get in line and we're standing still. Like nobody's moving for like half an hour and you feel like garbage because you see everybody else who has like the lightning pass, right? Uh-huh. And they're just walking up to the line. They get to walk in front of you and just like instantly so go into the a, queue. There's a genie pass and then there's a lightning pass. So the, the genie plus pass gets you into the quote unquote lightning lane, right? Which is the fast pass lane essentially. Um, uh -huh. But the people, there is still a person who regulates how many of one, like how many of the fast pass people they let through versus how many people they let standby go through right mm -hmm. and there are moments where it feels like the standby line is not moving at all so like you'll be there for like 15 minutes and just being like you see all these other people who are in the the fast pass lane like constantly getting into the getting into the line and like moving forward and then you as like a regular standby person just watch like 50 people walk in front of you and you can't move forward. Like we we can't move the line at all. And so one, it feels really bad because like that's that seems so broken. Like I spent so much money to be here and then I have to pay extra to like do stuff. It is it feels bad. And then like that happened only like well it happened twice. I think first was uh okay, yeah. First was smugglers run in California in no in uh Disneyland in the new Star Wars part. The other one was Toy Story Mania in uh California Adventure side. Um everything else though, if it has single rider, take the single rider line. Uh 
everything else is like okay it really did come down to like some rides they just really throttled the amount of standby lane people who could go through it feels really bad but like they they just got to fix that part but other than that like disneyland was disneyland it's always fun to be there knowing your timing is important but mm -hmm. that just comes with experience another thing that disneyland is known for is the delicious but insanely overpriced food yep uh that that is that's that is what i uh hunt for when i'm at a uh, at disneyland you got to you gotta yeah. eat the disney food exactly you gotta you gotta find the exclusive food and then you gotta eat it so uh the play was uh california adventure the the breakfast shawarma is goaded uh the regular shawarma is okay but the breakfast shawarma is very good um what else? The cozy cone, the the chili cone queso, or the bacon mac and cheese, both good. You could eat the cone. Uh the new like what is it? The the main food court area in California Adventure is now San Francisco themed. Hmm. So you can go in there and you can see like Baymax on a, on occasion just kind of walking through. Um it's not fair that all the Disney employees get these sick hats in that area and they do not sell it to the public. The, the, the best way how I could say it is that they are all parodies of really like of San Francisco teams, but with a Japanese flair. So huh. like, for example, they had the San Francisco Samurais as one of their like logos on their hats and they don't sell that anywhere. It's, it's literally the, the warriors like, bay bridge logo in on a samurai hat and it looks sick it, it doesn't you can't just get it anywhere and i was like where can you get your hats and they're like oh yeah it, it, it's uh employee only and i'm like it, you could have my money <laughs> why, why, would they, why would they do that like they could make so much money it yeah it, it'd be really cool uh I don't, I don't know why they don't do it but yeah there was that uh what else was there? Uh everything else seemed pretty pretty standard. It was it was good that like uh like overall like the park hasn't changed that much. Uh I still know my way around. I <laughs> I don't I don't get too lost there. Um I did Turtle Talk with Crush. That was cool. Ooh. I see uh, videos of that all the time. It's funny. It, it's always for the memes. So you have to ask him about the one piece. <laughs> <laughs> ask him if he knows who Luffy is. He's the king of the pirates. Wait, did you ask him that? No, I didn't. But oh. <laughs> I've seen the meme. I have actually never been to California Adventure. The last time I was at Disneyland was for a band trip in uh -huh. two thousand and two thousand nine. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Okay, yeah. You you have to go to how? Yeah, you have to go to California Adventure at least See, once. Back when I Back when, like, my family was going to go, it was, like, early, no, late, it was late 90s when my family, like, went together. It was late 90s, and California Adventure had just been opened, and it was, uh -huh. like, not good at the time, so. They only had, like, three just, rides. Yeah, it was, They like, had, like, Grizzly and, like, Soarin' Over California. Like, that was, maybe, maybe, the, oh, the pier wasn't even built yet. Yeah. No, like, there was literally nothing. It was, like, a, it was a, just barely open. They were trying out the concept, um, they didn't even have like Tower of Terror back then. Like that's one of the rides yeah. I wish I'd gone on. Uh, when oh, it was I, still, I don't, I don't do good on um, those. 
That's the one ride I won't ride in Disneyland. I just, really? I just don't like Drop Tower. Okay. Like, once because that ruins my, <laughs> my like life. I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, I normally don't like drop roller coasters, but I really wanted to like experience the um, the Twilight Zone theme. But alas, it has gone, and I have missed my chance. Uh, although, like, I drive past the uh, the actual Hollywood Tower Hotel all the time. Like. My uh, dentist office is like right near there, and my actual office for work is also very close to there, so I see it all the time. Um, but yeah, um, how would you rate your Disney trip overall? Oh, uh, I would say probably a seven out of ten. Uh, the the Lightning Lane stuff is is kind of kind of BS. Uh, we we caved in on the last day just to see like what the difference is it's pretty much fast passes so if you remember how to use fast passes you could you could spend twenty dollars more to use it and is it worth it yeah but like you have to know how to use the app and whatnot um oh, but of course it's yeah, an app it in my idea it is just like it it's not as fun as just like being able to outsmart the game you know mm-hmm. um but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Crazy. Disney added pay to win a microtransactions to a theme park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about you? How was your week? How was your uh, holiday break? My holiday break was good. I didn't do much. I kind of just stayed home. I had to work over um, most of the holidays. So I'm not, not like, well, on some of the days I had to like clock in and like do a little bit of like monitoring the social media stuff. And then, uh, on days that I would have liked to have taken off, like the 27th and 28th, because that's like brother and dad's birthday. Like I had to work because everyone else was like on vacation. So I was, I was stuck. So that was sad, but I mean, mostly it was a restful time. Um, And then on Monday I got to finally go to another red carpet premiere event. I was not actually covering this. Like uh, it was for the echo um, Disney plus Marvel show in Westwood, um, which is close to UCLA. It's like, well, it's pretty much UCLA. It's the, uh, the neighborhood surrounding there. And they have the two, um, really old, awesome movie theaters there. Um, but I didn't, I didn't cover the carpet. I was just there to like attend and watch the episodes. Um, the cast was there, which was really cool. I only saw, um, in passing like Zon McLaren, who is like the native American guy in pretty much every show that exists right now. Like if there's a native American dude, it's probably Zon McLaren. Um, but I saw him like walking out. I was trying to get a photo with him, but like his handler just moved him away from everybody. Um, and so I watched that show, which is like pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a really like interesting exploration of, uh, native American culture, specifically Choctaw culture. Um, and it's a show that's following the, uh, if you've watched Hawkeye, it's Kingpin's um, deaf enforcer lady. It, it's her show, um, which is really cool. Um, the action in it was good for the first three episodes. It's a five episode miniseries. Like I really, really enjoyed the first three episodes, but then the last two like completely dropped the ball. There's like, you know, you know how Kevin like a show will kind of build up to a conflict between like the main character and the antagonist, right? Uh-huh. It builds up to that and it builds up to what is looking like this conflict between Kingpin and his like armed 
mercenary folks versus um Maya Lopez and a bunch of like the Choctaw people and then it never happens it just doesn't happen there is like no final battle and like she gets like random super like powers or whatever and they kind of hint that it's like healing powers but somehow like she uses her healing powers to make her cousin and grandma know how to fight without ever having like fought before and also she can like physically heal people but also like go into their head and heal their their emotional trauma it makes no sense and they just kind of end it like that okay it's like, it's like the it, it's like blue balling but in a tv show i was Yippee. so disappointed it was so good for those first three episodes and then it's just like if 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 the entire quality was like the those first three i would have given the show an eight out of ten but like there's no finale she gets random powers it's just it completely drops all momentum so it dropped it to a 6.5 but it's still like a worthwhile show to watch just because of like the action and choreography in those first three episodes plus like consistently throughout the show it's a really good and fun um exploration and um representation of native american culture it's a lot of fun for those like if you want to just like watch the first three and pretend it ends satisfactorily that's that's pretty much the best you can do (laughs) uh but um anyway let's get into the news of the week kevin it's a new year right yeah it's 2024 yeah (laughs) You, you feel old yet yeah (laughs) you want to feel even older oh no (laughs) because uh there's there's 20 films that GameSpot has decided to highlight that turned 20 this year oh god (laughs) and these are films from our childhood that are like pretty iconic for most of them are pretty damn iconic films okay um you ready to feel old kevin sure so the 20 films turning 20 in 2024 that are pretty well known are Shaun of the Dead okay Mean Girls <laughs> all right Anchorman gee Howl's the first moving, one yeah the first one okay Howl's Moving Castle okay Halle Berry's Catwoman oh geez Dodgeball okay yeah that doesn't age well <laughs> no a lot of the those comedies don't age well like the comedy <laughs> 20 years ago was so inappropriate it was like so offensive and just so sexist and so racist, but we live and we learn. Um, the Born Supremacy, Van Helsing, yeah. National Treasure, Nick Cage. Ah, oh, God, I love that movie so much. It's like it's weird conspiracy theory shit, but also it's so good. Steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> God, how do you come up with a plot like that? Come on, <laughs> I Robot. Saw Shark the first Tale. One. Yeah, the first one. The the uh, actually like good one where okay. they're in the bathroom. Oh my god, speaking yeah. of Saw, have you seen the um have you heard of like the Christian version of Saw? There's a Christian Saw? I need to look it up and I'll well, we can talk about it next week, but I'll look it up and I'll find the details and we'll talk about it because like it's called scene. <laughs> it's it's so it's so bonkers bizarre that they they made this thing but we'll talk about it next week when i have more time to like 
research Process and actually it. remember what it's about. I haven't seen it, but I've seen analysis videos. But anyway, Shark Tale, Meet the Fockers, okay. Kill Bill Volume 2, okay. The Day After Tomorrow, mm-hmm. Roy, All The right. Incredibles, Oh, geez. <laughs> Spider-Man 2, Obi Maguire, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, okay. and Shrek 2. Shrek 2. Honestly, I need a hero. Was a banger year for movies. I did yeah. not realize that all of these like goat films came out that year. Yeah, it's crazy. The Incredibles 2004. Okay, I'm trying to like remember. We, we I had this discussion actually uh, a couple days ago. So I saw the Great Pretenders movie, which I'll talk about later. But after mm-hmm. that, we went over to a friend's house. And we had a whole discussion of like, when would you consider like the last goat Pixar film before like they they kind of fell off, right? Like at least in oh. our perspective, like they're not the same level as Ratatouille. they used to be, right? And would... we we had this discussion and we we watched Ratatouille and I was like, Ratatouille's good, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. I think Up also fits in that category. Yeah, like, and I think the cutoff is after up, and so I would say we had no, to uh, we had to watch both, and we we're like, up had a good message. Yeah, and it was good. Like, I mean, you can't not re- you can't forget the first five minutes of up and oh, how emotionally like, scarred that made you feel right. But yeah, I feel like watch that exactly, minutes. and like the thing is, I was gonna leave after like. And then they started up, and I'm like, I can't leave after Ellie dies. Like that's that's just that's just messed up. It's just like it's just sadness. All right, my, like you can't you can't do that. Um, but yeah, we had to we had to look it up. Uh, and we we came to we think after up, like up is like the last like good Pixar film. Um, I will say I think Ratatouille was good. I yeah. think Wally sucked. I think okay. up picked it back up. Yeah. It was it was mediocre for a very long time. Then we got um inside out, more mediocre stuff, and then we yeah. got turning red. I thought turning red was solid. I I think it was like it wasn't, okay. It's, it's not the quality that we expected from yeah. Pixar considering what they've done, but mm-hmm. they tried something new and it, yeah. I thought it was it was so much funnier than I was expecting it to be. So maybe it's yeah. that unexpectedness factor for me. The other like, hard one was to like my my parents said Coco. Oh, but right. I'm Coco like was rude. Coco was rude. But I'm like Coco is a good movie, but that's like Book of Life. <laughs> like, like for real, they're very similar. But I will say Coco did some did enough different. Yes. that it like it like that was that was a huge um controversy when coco came out it's like oh this yeah. is just book of life all over again but, but the, the music that, um the music in the marigolds like mm-hmm. that that sent it over and i was like that's a it's a good film yeah i give it that I, but i don't yeah i just can't go back to it being like yeah goat tier you know it's not it's it's i wouldn't say it's goat tier i'd say it's, it's yeah. very good and it was a yeah. very heartfelt movie and i was very surprised by it but um when uh-huh. i was i went to the premiere of that um i was working that carpet um so i was actually talking to the uh the cast and like the directors and whatever um and one of the things that they said was about that comparison between book of life and coco it's like hey you've got like a thousand movies about christmas 
and they're mm-hmm. all dealing with the same holiday. They all kind of look the same. They're all like very much on the same theme. And right now you only have two movies really about the day of the dead and they're being compared to each other. Like they're ripoffs. Like where does, how is that fair at all? And like, yeah. I, I agree. I, I do think that just because the aesthetic is similar and like the topics seem similar doesn't make them like the same film. I think book of life and Coco did enough differently that that comparison was really unwarranted, but I would say between the two, I think book of life was better. Yeah. It'd be like that, but like, yeah, it it was just hard to compare like the, the movies we had a really like one. I, I just got a cup from Disneyland that has Remy on it. And I was like, I'm going to start cooking streams more with like stupid Ratatouille memes in the background. Mm-hmm. They also had uh, the, the one thing that I kind of got mad about is that uh, in Disneyland, they have Gusto's Anyone Can Cook cookbook, right? Oh, I need and it. So I, I bought it. Is it good? And there's nothing in it. Wait, what? There's one recipe and it's not even for Ratatouille. Why there's only but, one recipe in, in there is, a cookbook? It's but, not a cookbook, it's a recipe book. So you're like supposed that. to fill it with your recipes. I don't like that. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad because like I either have to like find recipes that I find that I deem worthy enough to fit in here and then like go from there. But I was like, come on, like give me Give That's me a recipe. We want, we want like, oh, we want a cookbook. We don't want, we want a, a cookbook. Book. Exactly. Also, another film that I realized came out in 2004, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. There we go. We're all goofy goopers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of movies, Kevin, before we move on, have you seen um, The Boy and the Heron yet? I still have Are it. Are you planning I, on it? Because I it want won to. A, uh, it won the Golden Globe for Best Animated Picture. I don't think it deserved it. I really I, yeah, I saw that. Um Spider-Man. Yeah, it's hard to beat Spider-Man. Uh what, what else was nominated? Suzume? In the... Suzume was okay. I wouldn't say it was like the, the greatest one. Uh there was one that like I was like, Jesus should be on the list. Um I will I will look through my Elemental was on the list too. I haven't seen that yet. But I heard it was better than like it it got like a lot of the more recent Pixar treatment where like Pixar didn't promote it very well or Disney didn't promote it very well. Um and so no one really knew what it was about. But yeah, so uh did you see any of the Golden Globes or like pay attention to it at all? I did not. Um It's not I, Yeah. I will say like, and I, I know one of the VPs who runs um, the Golden Globes. I applied to work there, but they did not take me. But um, the Golden Globes, unfortunately, is like, it, it's the award show that no one really cares about, really, because no one no one knows who's like in charge of it. And like, it's not, it's big, but it's it's not like Oscars or Grammys or Emmys big. Um, Joe Coy was the host. And like, I normally do like him. I thought his... I liked his monologue, but I thought it was a little bit rough. People were mad about the Taylor Swift joke he made, which wasn't a joke about Taylor Swift. It was a joke about the NFL and like, get over yourself. Taylor's a big girl. She can handle it. Um, even though the, the joke was not about her. Um, I do think that 
Oppenheimer won too many awards. I thought Oppenheimer <laughs> was good, but it it's not. It didn't deserve to beat down and like claim everything like it did. Mm-hmm. So that's my thoughts on on the uh, the Golden Globes. <laughs> I am looking through movies from this year, uh, anime films. I'm seeing if any of these would have fit the bill. Yeah, they did not talk about Blue Giant enough, in my opinion. That is probably one of my favorite. That's a Jazzland. Um, I I liked it. I thought it. I thought it was easily, easily could have been nominated. I understand why Code White is not in there yet. Um, which is the Spy Family movie that came out in Japan. Like we we don't have it over here yet, but that would probably be another one that that would be in the running. Um, but yeah. Last time, last talk about the uh, Emmys. Um, Paul Giamatti, like he won for the holdovers, which I think he absolutely should have. And immediately he goes to the Westwood in and out and just celebrates by having in and out. My brother was in Westwood that night. And I don't, obviously he didn't know. Otherwise he probably would have gone and like taken a photo or something. Um, maybe not, but then the, I was there the day afterwards and I pointed to my friend. I was like, Hey, that's where Paul Giamatti was 24 hours ago as we were going over to the movie theater to go to the premiere. But, um, yeah moving on um i'm gonna just move around the topics in the order that i have them but uh mickey mouse because we're talking about disney and um movies and tv stuff um mickey mouse has now joined the public domain yippee Um, this has been a long time coming it uh i'm surprised that uh this was actually able to happen because i know for the longest time like I think Disney was fighting it or like trying to prevent it from happening because like Mickey Mouse is one of their iconic characters. I don't know if you can, but I it's rumors of what I've heard. Um, but Mickey Mouse in his original iteration, which is like the Steamboat Willie first appearance uh, of the character, and I think Minnie Mouse as well, um, they are now in public domain, which is why everybody on YouTube has been like reposting Steamboat Willie just to like, not that anyone cares about Steamboat Willie, but they want to stick it to the mouse, which I agree with because Disney is a, a money-hungry, money-grubbing company. Um, but with that original iteration of Mickey Mouse being in the public domain, um, you remember what happened when Winnie the Pooh went into public domain, Kevin? It got a horror film. It did. Like instantly. Instantly. And the same thing happened with Mickey Mouse. There's at least two horror films that have been announced that, I mean, they they had to have been working on it before the uh, the public domain thing went into effect. And they were just waiting for that to happen. And then as soon as that happened, they dropped it. I think there's also at least one video game, and it's not Mouse, which is like the, uh, the Doom ish the doom esque style game that's like got the rubber hose animation style that's not mm-hmm. it there's a there's a one horror game um it's i think it's it's kind of similar from what i understand of it to like bendy and the ink machine where it's like you're trapped in some animation factory and like this monster is coming to kill you except the monster is mickey mouse but um yeah so ex- i don't think these these projects are going to be any good they're just trying to cash grab and like make the most out of 
the character being available for them to use for the first time ever. Um, and, and what what I mean when, if you're not familiar with how copyright stuff works, when a character like Mickey Mouse goes into public domain, you're not allowed to use the more current versions of Mickey Mouse or anything that's like characteristic of like the more recent versions. You can only use the version that is in the property that goes into public domain. So like we, when I mentioned Steamboat Willie, there are specific characteristics of Mickey Mouse that are present in Steamboat Willie, like his outfit, he's black and white. Um, he doesn't have the red overalls because he's black and white. Um, he looks a certain way, and that's the only version that you are allowed to use, that black and white initial rubber hose, um, doesn't have Pluto. Um, that version of Mickey Mouse is all you're allowed to use. So, um, yeah, that that's going to happen. Um do you have any thoughts on this anyway whatsoever, Kevin, considering you just came from Disneyland? Uh I I want to play mouse when it comes out, but uh, yeah, other that than that, great. I I I don't I I get the meme and I'm expecting a bunch of people to like start memeing it, but we'll see where where it goes from here, you know. I read a comment of, on a, the trailer of Mouse that someone left very recently. It's like, hey, now that Mickey Mouse is public domain, you can actually just like make Mickey a playable character in the game. Yeah, it'd be cool if like the Steamboat Willie was like an actual either endgame boss or like a like something you actually have to fight, but it'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's be uh, moving moving and not speaking of it, I'm not speaking about anything else related to this, but um moving on. Uh, apparently, um this might be interesting to you, Kevin, but apparently there is a a movement to have the first uh, samurai saint canonized by the Catholic Church. <laughs> well, wait, wait, hold on, samurai saint. Yes. Um, what? <laughs> so, so <laughs> um, they are looking to canonize Blessed Justice Ukon Takayama, who was a a Catholic Christian. Um, in Japan, who was also a samurai back in um, what year was it? Uh, sixteen fifteen is when he died. Um, he was a renowned Japanese warrior in his day and a man of great learning and culture. Um, he renounced his power and possessions rather than give up his Christian faith, and he was exiled from Japan, where he fled with three hundred other Christians to the Philippines, where he died in sixteen fifteen. Um. Pope Francis in 2016 decreed that his death was martyrdom. And so he was raised to like um, this, the status of blessed. So he's not quite a saint, but he's still like above like normal people like you and me. Um, He needs at least one miracle before he can officially be canonized as a saint. Um, But yeah, no, he was, he was like a legit samurai who's like, I'm also Christian because my dad was converted because he was uh, inspired by the Christians. Um, so that might be a thing. We might have a samurai saint. That's kind of cool. Just think of all like the weird anime you can make out of that. I mean, we had like... And the, the question is like, how would the story go? Is it just like... Is it going to be like Vagabond where it's like after... After the fight, 
right after after he's done so much he's he wants to find peace or something else like that or yeah i see you make it as wacky as possible okay just like very 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 loosely based on his like life but also just like make it weird yeah they could do it just because you can just because like catholic saint is is so or not catholic saint samurai saint is so weird that like it begs you to do some weird stuff with it yeah <laughs> i have read this is totally like in in terms of like catholic uh ideas and stuff like that there there's a manga that came out uh that i finally got my hands on and i read like a couple nights ago called orb in the movement of the earth um, uh-huh. it is about like the once people started like learning about uh like astronomy and figuring out that the geocentric model is wrong versus the heliocentric model that we all like accept right now right right um but it follows like the people who are the pioneers of the heliocentric model and ha- what they had to go through in order to like could like change public opinion on it and like the number of people who had to give up their lives in order for that to happen and it it was intense like at, at like the first scene is a is about a guy who uh he's getting tortured and he's like if you just say that your like teachings are wrong uh i i will let you go and he's like i will i will die with everything that i i believe in and then the guy who's torturing him this is probably like the craziest scene he has a box of like fingernails oh, and he's God, like no you're he's like your mentor only took seven and he's like you, the person above him only took 12 and then he's like now you sir have done 63 and we can wait till they grow back again and you're just sitting there and you're like no uh, way <laughs> like he's that makes me so uncomfortable it, 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 it that is the opening scene and i'm like this is this is insane for a manga and yeah I, I i read it i'm i'm hooked now uh it is it is very intriguing for it being only one book right now so definitely interested in that one uh might might do a piece on it so kind of kind of interesting yeah don't do that for this the, the samurai say we'll make it yeah yeah and let, weird. let 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 them have fun not don't make it historically based just make it maybe a little bit on his life just like he's the character but nothing else is real just just be weird with it please yippee <laughs> um Okay, let, let's move on to gaming things. Um, while we're still on like the sad bits, uh, Twitch is laying off thirty five percent of its staff. Kevin, that's not good. And this is coming like on like right before I think I think next month is when Twitch has to leave Korea. I think they left Korea. Oh, already? Okay, I, yeah. I'm off with my dates then. But like, yeah, no. Um, Amazon is cutting about thirty five percent of their staff, which is like five hundred employees. Which is obviously not good. Um, let me see if I can find out why they are. Um, yeah, the, the what there's what the um, Twitch CEO Dan Clancy said is 
As you know, we worked hard over the last year to run our business as sustainably as possible. Unfortunately, we still have work to do to right-size our company, and I regret that having to share that we are taking the painful step of reducing our headcount by just over 500 people across Twitch. Um, what What is the current status of, like, people on Twitch, Kevin, for those of us who don't know? Because, like, I know people were, like, really upset about, like, the, the most recent Topless meta. Um People I feel are, like we, we've stabilized. Okay. Yeah, we, we, we've kind of stabilized. There's nothing too crazy happening. Uh, Twitch side, except for obviously like the, the, the current layoffs might be a little unsettling because now we have to figure out like what we can like more of like, it, will we have enough support from like Twitch side to keep this platform alive or mm -hmm. is it going to die or whatever and I, I don't think it's going to die anytime soon but I, I just think that like I know that Tom Clancy mentioned that like Twitch itself is not like making money uh, and it's mainly because of like Amazon and their partnership with them that they are able to stay afloat and still provide an interesting service Um and a lot of it is still going towards like the the actual like content creators because they're the ones who, you know, have have the platform. They're gonna they're gonna right. use that to drive like more people to it. So uh, it really does come down to the way how Twitch is handling the situation right now. So right now, at least in terms of like what I'm seeing in on Twitch, um, there's just there's a rise of pirate. What is it? His name is Pirate Software or something like that. Software Pirate. Um, he's like an ex game developer for Blizzard, and he just talks about like, uh, you know, like how to, like, game practices and game theory of like how to program your own game, and and just kind of like, he talks well about everything. So he's he's like rising in popularity, but uh, everything else is just kind of stable. Is there's nothing too crazy, nothing too, like, insane out of the pocket that I've seen, um. Yeah, we're we're just kind of we're kind of vibing right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what happened was on December fifth, Twitch said that they were shutting down, um, the the business in South Korea mm -hmm. on February in February. So on okay. December, they they announced they're stopping completely in February, um, because they said that it was prohibitively prohibitively expensive to continue operating there. Yeah, they, I believe that was because they had. To like pay a certain amount because they're using a lot of bandwidth. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, when how it many came down to streamers, are there out there? <laughs> yeah, uh, and they're good. They're good at games. They're they're good. I mean, they're one. They're good at games. Two. They uh, mukbang streams are are a thing. Oh, and if yeah. you like that, that's popular. Like, it, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that you can you can do, and like, yeah, obviously, like the esports side of it is really big as well. So. It's gonna be really interesting to see how that's gonna work for for esports as well. Um, I do think that Twitch is still gonna be able to operate, um, not just like outside of Korea, but it does kind of leave the Korean, uh, like the content creators really kind of out to dry, and it it sucks because like. Obviously, you would love to still continue to support the content creators who are really big in Korea. Um, it's going to either force them to one move to another platform, such as like YouTube or Kick or whatever, um, and then they're just going to have the same problem and do the same thing. 
Um, or you would have to let these like specific uh, content creators move somewhere else where Twitch is still available. So I feel like that's it's it's still a really rough situation for everyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, hopefully it sorts out to, in a way that's beneficial to not just like the employees, but also like the people who rely on Twitch as like their income or just as a uh -huh. fun thing to do. Um, speaking of of money stuff in video games, Kevin, you know Star Citizen, right? I th I've heard of it. I that think. game that never released yet, that's still technically in development, and has been for how many years, years now? Oh, I think I think maybe close to ten years now. It's been in development. Okay. Um, again, it's not even been released, and there is a. Uh, a, a ship bundle in the game that you can only access it when you become a member of the Star Citizens Chairman's Club, which requires $10,000 spending on in-game items to achieve. Guess how much this... Once you've spent that $10,000, Kevin, guess how much this ship bundle costs? Another 10000 $48,000. Still a lot. <laughs> Ahead of all others, this definitive armada is an equal match to the noble title of Legatus Navium. Comprised of over 175 vessels from every manufacturer of note, this perfect collection, including all ships released and concepted through 2953, empowers every fleet commander to forge a lasting legacy, leading humanity towards a brighter future. You too, Kevin, can lead humanity towards a brighter future with digital ships for the measly sum of $58,000. It's mm, a lot. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. The game's not even out yet, and they're asking for this. And I mean, if you pay it, like, you could just use the money for something else, like donate to a homeless shelter or something. Or like buy actual video games. I don't know. You you do what you want with your money, but this is kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. In my, opinion, in my opinion. In my humble opinion. I just have a podcast where I talk with Kevin about things that are stupid. <laughs> um More more on money things. Um, Kevin, I, apparently there has been a potential leak, and this hasn't been verified officially or completely. It's just it's a leak based on um the predictions of Doctor Sirkan Toto from GameIndustry.biz. He's a a games analyst and a quote leading Nintendo expert. Um, but allegedly there is the Switch Two that's coming out this year. That might be at $400. That might be the price point. Although huh. games, if with the way games are going, the standard cost for a game might go up to $70. Hmm. I think it's a little early for a Switch 2. I mean, I don't mind it. If it has upgraded like graphics, I think that's the main thing that a lot of people are looking for. Um, and we'll definitely have to be taking a peek into it and seeing if that's like 
gonna be enough for it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how it we'll see how it goes. Allegedly, like the Switch Pro was indeed in development at one point, according to um, Doctor Sorkin Toto. But like, okay, here, here's here's his statement. The time is finally here for a Switch successor, even though I can say a Pro model did actually exist and certain developers were already working with the dev kit. I believe the next hardware will drop next year, and he was saying this in 2023, but next year for $400, there is a high chance that games will cost more too, $70. The next system is also likely to be an iteration rather than a revolution. Nintendo might add some bells and whistles to the device, but it will be similar to the current Switch. And because there is Pokemon and Pokemon associated with handheld gaming, there is no way on earth Nintendo will drop the portability feature of their next big thing. So it's going to be similar to what we already have in the Switch, just with more bells and whistles. I hope those bells and whistles are literally just improved graphics and frame rate. Like, dude, I thought you were going to say literal bells and whistles. <laughs> oh, well, no, I mean, that, that'd be pretty cool too. I mean, but... Honestly, if they just make the if they make the games run at sixty, and they can make the they can make the graphics a little sharper, they would make a lot more people would buy it like right off the rip. And I'm I'm telling you that as a person who's probably would buy it, uh, just for the sake of like having the graphics look really crisp on on another side, you know. Mm-hmm. And the last topic that I have down is um Kevin, are you a are you big into Tetris? I I've played some here and there. I used to play Tetris with friends with friends, you know? Uh but yeah, I, I, I played every once in a while. Okay, so um apparently a 13-year-old kid is the first person in the world to actually technically quote unquote beat Tetris. Did you hear about this? I heard about this. Yeah, this is this is kind of crazy. Yeah. So his name is um Willis Gibson. He's 13 years old. His uh gamer tag is Blue Scooty. And what the way he technically beat Tetris is he got it to a kill screen and it took him 38 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Just barely over a half hour. Um and I think in general what happens with Tetris is the game doesn't have a scripted ending. They just keep falling and falling and falling to the point where like you can't keep up with it. Um, mm-hmm. But what he was able to do somehow, I guess, was like he he pushed. He, he, I guess he was moving so he keeping up and moving so fast that the game couldn't keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm very like I don't understand the technology of Tetris well enough to like really explain it very well but like pretty much he was better at tetris than tetris was at tetris yeah i think the the kills like the kill screen from like what i understand it's like you essentially get to a level where it's moving so fast that if you somehow level up past that level the game doesn't know what's going on so it Mm -hmm. just crashes yeah so if you beat a certain level, it just, it, it ends the game. And so, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy how, obviously, like, I have a hard time dealing with, like, stage, like, like the regular stages, let alone, like, pieces are dropping at, like, ridiculously fast speeds. 
it's that's just not how that works you know mm -hmm. like so one it, it's really it's insane that this is happening you know literally decades after tetris has been released yeah but it, i mean it, is it took him to a hundred level 157 before he could like get to that point mm. where the game he just went too high that the game didn't know what to do but I mean, this is insane. The kid is only like thirteen, and it took him only a half hour. Yeah, they got they got some quick reaction times. Those kiddos. He's a gamer legend. He will go down in history. All right, that's all I've got, Kevin. What do you got? Okay, let's Weeby let's see things, what I, I assume. Yeah. Um. First things first. Uh, Pokemon Unite news. I'm I'm still kind of in the loop a little bit. And by in the loop, I mean I am watching from a distance because I, one, Pokemon Unite has introduced a couple new Pokemon as well. Um, they added Metagross to the game. He's very strong. Um, but I haven't had the, I guess, the the drive to ha hop back into competitive yet. Um, it is mainly because of uh, a couple things. One, we're still behind on a couple of the... Um, some of the tech pieces that uh, other countries have that we don't for some reason. So uh, we're supposed to be all in sync in February, which I'm excited for. Um, but other than that, uh, we're having our competitive season return, which is important. Um, so uh, Pokemon Unite announced that uh, the original cup and the way how points and like teams are going to be built... Uh, is going to be starting up in February, uh, which is a little bit later than they did last year. Um, but it essentially all builds up for the big event in August, which is always Pokemon Worlds. Uh, this year is going to be in Honolulu. So uh, we're going to go ahead and hopefully, hopefully Uncle Pikachu will uh, allow me to go there. Um, but yeah, uh, February is going to be the start of the new Pokemon Unite season. Um, competitive teams are going to be vying for their share of like the I think it's a million dollars for the uh, oh for a part of the national like qualifier stuff uh, but there are like monthly prize pool ones that people are going to be fighting for um, the other cool thing that's happening in February this is the one piece that I was talking about um, not not the not the treasure and the grand line we're talking about Pokemon <laughs> Unite uh, but the the one thing that Pokemon Unite has been teasing us for years or not years, but just like months now. And we haven't gotten it is a draft mode in competitive. Um, so in competitive mode right now, you can just pick whatever Pokemon, as long as nobody on your team picks the same Pokemon as you, you're good to pick it. Um, but that forces competitive to essentially be a mirror match. Every time everybody just picks the best Pokemon, you know, uh, and then you just play against that for five years. Um, but now they're going to have a draft mode where just like the competitive and the uh, tournament modes that we have seen online and like in the competitive tournament um, is going to be enforced in competitive mode. So uh, we are going to essentially be drafting our our lineups and having a ban at the very beginning. So that's going to be really interesting to see how uh, players and uh, teams will adjust. Um, but yeah, Pokemon Unite, uh, we're, we're slowly getting back into the, the groove of things. I have a couple of tournaments as well. Uh, I'm going to be casting one on the 16th, and then uh, I am waiting to get approval about this one uh, that is happening on the 20th. But uh, that 
that's all I could say. I, I could just let you know that there's a date, which is the 20th. Um, can't, I, I don't even know the format of the tournament yet, so we're, we're going to figure that out as we go. Okay, so from Pokemon stuff, let's go into the Weeb news. We have quite a bit of Weeb news, actually, um, because of the, uh, the, the way how we transitioned from last year. Essentially, we, we finished up last year's uh, like anime season, and now we are into the new uh we're into the new season we're into winter 2024 we have officially started uh the beginning of this new core there's a lot of things that we have to keep in mind um one if you guys are watching free run please keep watching free run it is good um that is continuing on into the next season so um in other words we're we're getting more free run uh we don't have to worry about it like ending anytime soon um we're 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 getting we're getting more yippee um number two a couple of things that are coming for the anime side of things first thing uh solo leveling is is making its way to uh the anime scene that is the korean uh manhwa finally getting adapted into a uh into an anime a lot of people have been waiting on that one um classroom of the elite season three um if people are watching that one that that is also coming uh, we have the, I think it's the second season. It is the second season. Second season of Marshall, um, of Magic and Muscle. If you ever wanted to know what it was like if you drop Saitama into Hogwarts, this is exactly what it is. Um, and then we're getting more Blue Exorcist. That's another one. And the big one that I'm keeping my eye out for uh, this season is uh, Dungeon Meshi or Delicious in Dungeon. Um, it, That's on Netflix that, now, right? It has, yeah, it's on Netflix. It's doing simulcasts on Netflix, which is really, really cool. In other words, uh, whenever it is released in Japan and they bring it, the essentially within the day of its release, um, the English voice cast will also get an early copy of it. And then the English, the uh, Japanese with subtitles and the uh english with subtitles will all be released all at the same time so oh, that's cool you get to watch it all the cool thing is if you guys watch uh if you guys know the anime scene a little bit you know uh, pro zd uh one of the comedians uh voice actor comedians um he is playing senshi in uh dungeon meshi this time so really excited to hear him again um he gets to play like this really like knowledgeable cook um character and i'm i'm excited to hear him as that character um so with my mom i'm watching it dubbed with my friends i am watching it subbed so which is uh, better in your opinion i i like the dub actually um oh, okay. I, I i think it's actually pretty funny just because like i've i've read it already i i know what they're getting into um but at least with my mom she's like this seems very weird like if you guys don't know what the premise of uh dungeon meshi is um Dungeon Meshi literally translates to dungeon food, uh, but the English name of it is Delicious in Dungeon to make the pun of D and D. Um, but yeah, essentially, it's it's about a group of adventurers who go into the dungeon without buying food, and instead are relying on eating the monsters that they kill, um, and turning that into food. So, uh. <laughs> 
my mom's like this this is weird like who would who would want to eat what they hunt and i'm like that that's what we do like that's what people literally do all the time <laughs> that's what we do but this is just like weird like you know fake monsters and my mom's like how how do you find this like enjoyable or tasty and it's like there is a cookbook equivalent from the manga they have like a guidebook that literally translates like certain foods into real food that we can do um so for example like the first thing that they actually do kill in the show is a large uh they kill a giant scorpion uh and then they kill slime i think um and then they had they had one other thing i forgot what else they used to to like in the first soup thing that they make but uh the scorpion has the same exact like properties as a lobster so you can use lobster as a replication um and then slime is the same way how it uh how it operates with uh seaweed if you if you found like konbu um which is like a japanese like uh stock use mm. uh item it's kind of like how can i say it it's like a thick like gray paste thing uh but it's mainly used for like flavoring stuff it takes it takes a while to like make it into a soup but that is that is a thing but i'm excited to see more people get interested in dungeon meshi and then eventually having uh people try the recipes that the author has left for us so um excited to see how it plays out i know that we just got an episode earlier today um and a lot of people are just keeping their eyes out for that and i i'm excited one it's done by T studio trigger uh if you guys don't know trigger trigger did uh kill a kill um they did sss gridman and they you know they, they've done a ton of stuff so um they, they're also taking their time with this which is really good we haven't seen anything come out from trigger for about three or four years now so it's really nice that they are coming in with a very impressive like uh ip and they're really taking care of it so um Excited to see how Dungeon Meshi is going to be played out here. Uh, let's see. But yeah, that, that's what's coming out this season. Uh, a couple of things that I'm keeping tabs on. Uh, not just hunting down like a bunch of shows, just 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 looking at what, what's coming out. Um, the other thing that happened during uh, this break that we had was the Great Pretenders movie. Uh Great Pretenders Rasbilito. Uh we we saw it. It was only in theaters for two days. Uh it was it? the ninth and the tenth. And then it disappeared. Um it might come back. And honestly, I think if the thing that's conflicting to me is one, Great Pretenders was originally shown on Netflix. Um which if you guys watch on Netflix, you guys could catch the entire series. Honestly, it's it's a great ride. It's one of my favorite like little ones. Um, I would probably uh how can I describe it? I put it in the same category as if you were to watch Cowboy Bebop and Loop on the Third and mix the two together, you get great pretenders. So very fun con style of a of characters mixed with jazz and really like fun editing. Um, but Resbolito takes place after the end of season at, at the end of the season. Um, but you don't 
see as many characters as you would from the original one. So it is kind of like a spin-off slash standalone. Um I I would recommend it if you guys wanted to just take a peek and try to figure out what it what it's about. Um but yeah, I one, I wish that there was more tie-ins with the original crew, but uh the movie itself was was pretty fun overall. Uh last thing on this list is our manga releases. Uh we only have a couple of things to go over here. So uh on the ninth we had Dondadon six, uh excellent piece, and then Komi twenty-eight. Those are the two big ones that came out. And on the 16th, this is kind of like the big one that a lot of people are keeping an eye out for. One, Gachi Akuda is coming out. If you guys aren't keeping tabs of that, watch or keep an eye for Gachi Akuda. It is very much in the same style as Soul Eater. And it is very, very interesting in terms of its concept. So um, check that out. Two, uh, the finale of golden kamui is finally here uh so that's volume 31 that is the last of the series and then we're getting one punch man volume 27 so uh yeah that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for the manga releases uh there's there's a lot more coming on the way but yeah uh manga manga is a little scarce this month which is okay for me uh helpful for my wallet and just uh keeping me alive you know yeah uh, really quickly before we end, Kevin, my mm-hmm. friends have been trying to get me to watch Your Lie in April. Um, oh, <laughs> from what I know, okay. it's going to emotionally wreck me. What what yes. should I prepare myself for? Do not watch it in one sitting. Mm. Okay, that is all I will tell you. Uh, it's best to watch it in like waves. I would say if you really want to try to like, if you're a binge watcher. Try to do it in like six or seven episodes at a time. Uh you don't want to you don't want to binge the whole thing. I know it's gonna get like there there are moments where you're gonna want to just go through it, but the patience makes this as good as it is, you know? Okay. Um we have two minutes left before this recording ends. Kevin, any any first advice for us for the beginning of the year besides not to binge this? But it seems like a very depressing show all in one go. Yeah, uh, do not sit down and watch Your Lie in April in one sitting. Um, yeah, uh, for 2024, uh, I know that everybody's made goals or something like that. Uh, make them more of like suggestions. You don't, you don't have to stick to them completely. It's best if you better yourself in smaller steps. Like you're not going to lose like 100 pounds in like, you know, in your first month. So just chill enjoy enjoy the ride you know so like give yourself a little grace and leeway you would say yeah don't don't destroy yourself over your goals <laughs> but yeah give yourself some leeway you know you still have 11 months to to reach them all right everybody thank you for tuning in with us for the first episode of the year i think we've been there's no way we've been doing this for six years now uh... there's no way <laughs> I don't like that thought, but (laughs) anyway, thanks guys for tuning in. We will catch you next week. Hope you had a great holiday season and a great start to this year. Catch you soon and adios. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, 
please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.